1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. Joining us today is Ashish Mahajan, currently working at Engage. Hi Ashish, thank you for joining us.
0: Thanks Archit and it's a pleasure being a part of it. Uh, Thank you for inviting me and having me for this particular podcast. It's indeed an honor to be here.
1: Likewise. So just to give a little bit of context to our listeners, could you please take us through your career journey so far?
0: Sure. So for me, I would say HR or talent acquisition has been more of a chance rather than a choice so when i uh, started my career journey in 2001 overall i accidentally i happened to enter into the field of uh, hr and this chance typically became a choice and then that choice became more of a passion so uh, so during my entire career journey at uh, in the in the industry ecosystem i've worked with uh, organizations which are into services which are into solutions which are into products as well as organizations which are more of a in a startup ecosystem and every organization has put across different challenges in order to hire talent by fighting against external market challenges and it has been a dream journey so far because it it gave me a great platform to learn to understand and to imbibe a lot of knowledge and then use my intellect in order to go ahead and hire the right talent for these organizations and make this organization built from a ground zero to a ground one level. And and to me uh, now, uh, talent acquisition seems to be uh, something which I I enjoy most in my overall life. So so it's a dream. If you ask me, it's more of a dream come true being that in this profession, because you typically end up uh, knowing about a lot of individuals, understanding their career journey and the sense of satisfaction, which you typically get by offering them a job and by shaping their career is something really sweet and is something really out of box.
1: Amazing. So, like you mentioned that you happen to happen in this industry somehow. So, and I was also going through your LinkedIn profile and I saw that you have written introvert in the world of extroverts. So, oh. so has that changed in any way? Like, how the things have changed?
0: Steve, uh, I would say uh, in, in personal space, it has not changed. I'm still more of an introvert. But yes, when it moves to a professional state, so... I have become more of extrovert because uh, my profession wants me to be very outgoing, outspoken and then talking to people, understand their aspirations. So so that's one of the reasons that as introverts in the real world of extroverts. Yeah, truly, because
1: like it, it is a lot of misconceptions that a lot of people carry with themselves that, okay, if you happen to be an introvert, then you might find it difficult. I mean, it could be difficult at certain points, but it does not mean that it's not
0: possible. So... True, Very rightly. So it is all about, see, you really need to understand what you need to do overall. And then you try to figure out what your industry want or the area where you are operating, what exactly you want. And then accordingly, you really need to gear up and brush up and uh, focus the based on that particular approach and and when it comes to talent acquisition i would i would what is more important is that what you really need to know is what exactly the expectation of your organization or your business is. and how do you typically go ahead and map to the real industry talent pool and then start conversing with them i would not say that you have to go ahead and uh, do just blah 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 you really need to be very focused to the approach understand what what exactly the other person is looking at and what exactly you need you have to offer and try to map it up or align it up and that is where your overall success lies so so it is to be so you really need to do a lot of homework a lot of groundwork go through the profile go through the job in detail because while you read the job description in detail and while you go through the candidates profile in detail you will automatically start having questions in mind how do what sort of conversation i need to go through and while you are conversing with the candidate you will have more follow-up questions and that's how you would be able to move into the value chain true
1: so it's been a while that you've been working in this industry you must have faced a bunch of challenges so what, according to you, were some of the biggest challenges that you face in your journey?
0: <clears throat> See, if you if you talk about every, every new assignment or every new project which has come through has put forward a lot of uh, exciting challenges. And then you really need to figure out based on your experience that what what is the gravity of challenge and what is that you really need to do to solve that challenge what sort of innovation or what sort of thought leadership or ideas you need to bring because sometimes the challenges may be same but the but the solution which you have arrived in one of the similar project may not work out uh, during at that particular point of time. So you really need to go through well in detail, try to understand why exactly are you facing this challenge and how do you go about it? See, uh, if you you ask me uh, in terms of challenges, currently, I think the major challenge which I've been seeing is there is a dearth of employable talent and that is one of the key challenges which typically the overall industry if you ask me has been facing uh, and and that's and that's not an only in IT that's across Different industry vertical or that's across, I would say, in the uh, overall industry uh, landscape. There's a, there's a, indeed a shortage of talent with the skill, which, which any organization typically really needs. So you really need to find out the right solution. How do you go about it? What sort of uh, uh, insights you really need to get? And accordingly, then. You really need to find the right solution. Understanding what your competitors are doing, from where they have been hiring from, you really need to have a very, uh, I would say, a clear-cut, uh, uh, focused approach in terms of uh, in terms of this, and and based on that only you could typically look at it right. Whether you really want to follow an internship model, whether you really want to do a complete MOU with a college and let them know that these are the typical skills where you typically are hiring. Why don't they train these uh, upcoming grads on these particular skills? And then based on those particular trainings, then you start evaluating and hiring them up or or you look at where exactly these sort of talents are spending more time, what sort of meetups they're attending. So you really need to be very thoughtful about all these perspectives and then accordingly go about in terms of hiring these people. I think another another challenge which... uh, a lot of my colleagues, or I will say, most of my colleagues have been facing is the great candidates typically are often fielding multiple offers. I think that that's each and every talent acquisition professional typically is going through because the notice periods these days are pretty fat and the candidates typically have a good amount of time to shop around. But what you need to typically look at in this scenario is... How do you create that difference? What is more important uh, as a deciding factor is going to be the sort of interview experience which you are t- uh, going to provide to a candidate. How exactly you're going to approach, how exactly you're going to provide him a, a core lasting impression. Right. This this really helps you and, and I've seen in multiple of my roles where candidates were having multiple offers in hand. Still, we were not at par in terms of salary with the uh, with our with our competitors on those particular roles. Still, we were able to impress upon with a great and unique uh, interview experience, and hence we were able to onboard those particular those particular talent. And I think this is the most important thing which which recruiters should typically follow in terms of providing a wow or a great interview experience. I think one way could typically be that while you are done with your interview process, you should start collecting the interview, the overall experience feedback from your candidates, a more of an NPS score try to understand from them that how was the entire journey in the interview what do they think about your interview process is there something which could be changed what was their feedback on the concerned recruiter try to get as many as much as interview possible and that will really help in order to uh, streamline the process and help you in terms of providing a great experience to your candidate which is which is these days a key I would say important aspect of your recruiting I think another another challenge which many Many of my recruiting friends across industry also have been facing is hiring managers are very picky in terms of what they want. They're very clear cut that. This is what exactly they want. And and majority of my uh, recruiting friends, including me, are facing this particular challenge. And I think what is more important out here is a very collaborative or a partnering approach. Because until and unless the business and the TA function don't uh, work hand in hand or they don't partner, it is going to be extremely difficult for them to close a position and to get a right sort of candidate. I think this is this is one of the key things. They really need to go uh, understand the expectation of the business. They should be the part and parcel of the interview process. The recruiter should sit in the interview, understand what exactly the hiring manager is looking for. Try to make notes And once once they're clear cut in terms of this, they should start doing their initial screening based on those particular notes and try to figure out whether the candidate is going to be a right candidate or not for that role. Second thing, they should also try to figure out what exactly your organization's EVP and your organization's culture is all about and then try to see whether the candidate fits or gets aligned to that particular cultural environment or not. And based on that, they should be able to take things ahead and partner accordingly with your business another important aspect and challenge which i've been have seeing have in in my previous organizations have been that the recruiters typically lack the technical nuances of the technical knowledge and and it is important because as a as a recruiter you really need to understand technology because that helps you to typically do a first level of screening in a, uh, in a good way because if you are able to do that you are able you will be able to build that rapport or relationship with your hiring manager and i think it's it's one of the key things which is, which is important and i think another important aspect in today's scenario, which is one of the greatest challenge which I've been seeing, seeing is being a recruiter, we really need to move beyond the transactional recruiting. I think gone are the days when, when recruiting was more of a transactional thing. Right now, what is what is more important is in terms of building more relationship, focusing more in terms of, I would say, candidate relationship management, right? Because if you, if you look at currently, uh, we, we are in a uh, arena where your majority of candidates are part of millennials are or- Gen Z. So you really need to think through uh, accordingly and try to build a relationship accordingly, which could help in terms of uh, creating that particular, uh, I would say, impression or a repo where you are able to attract them uh, in in that way and should be able to engage so that they become uh, they are more fine tuned towards you. That this is a place where I want to go. I think these are the key challenges which uh, typically as a recruiting manager. I have come across in my recent recruiting experience
1: Sure, great piece of advice I'd say so as you have mentioned, most of the challenges. Another challenges that are budding thing that has been gaining a lot of potential these days is DEI. That is the diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm sure you must have come across that in a variety of ways. So what strategies has been implemented from you know from your organization part, or maybe in your organization or YIHR HR to you know to to show that yeah this particular this particular thing is being followed, or you know that we have diversity and inclusion. In in our
0: culture i think uh, to, uh, it is very important for any organization to to have a great uh, healthy diversity i would say mix and and it is a sign of a significant growth for an for an organization right and the organizations where I have worked in past including mo engage there has been a special focus specifically in the dei initiative and I think uh, this typically leads to more productivity this uh, leads to a lot of innovation this leads to an excessive and imperative growth for an organization in an, in a later run right uh, so, so even in uh, mo if I talk about or in my right we, we have done specific diversity drives to make sure that uh, for those specific functions right we are able to go ahead and uh, hire talent specifically in the in, in the in the uh, DEI area so either it could be uh, women employees or either it could be people uh, who who typically are the uh, are part of uh, inclusion or the those who typically are part of the uh, overall DEI initiative, okay. right? And and it has, it has been very, very important. So, so so a few things which we have done is that we have tried to identify which are the uh, key business units. Uh, I'm not only talking about Mohingage, I'm also talking about my previous organizations overall. So what we have I've tried to do, do is I try to understand that which are the particular business units or service lines where the overall diversity population has been leased or what is the reason. We've gone back, spoken to the respective stakeholders, tried to understand from them try to take their buy in and and we have done specific exclusive drives in terms of this uh, i could cite a couple of examples while i while i've been working with more engage uh, last year we did a couple of uh specific drives in terms of campuses and these drives were only pertaining to women or diversity hiring the the reason being because we wanted to build up a culture within within a specific business units or within the specific teams where we could typically have more and more of the the gender diversity part participation so so that's one thing which we which we we started working on second thing what we also we have formulated a Uh, I would say uh, initiative or come up with an initiative called uh, I would say called reengage. Right? We we are yet to launch on this, but reengage is more of an uh, internship program, and this is only for diversity candidates who have clearly taken a career break uh, due to maternity or due to they want to go uh, go for a long break or uh, because could be any because of any of the other reasons, right? And uh, and if they want to come back to the larger workforce and they want to reinitiate or restart career we are coming up with this particular program where we would typically be looking at this particular set of candidates and they would be evaluated and trained and post that post the internship period we w- we may look at moving these people into a full-time so that's that's one initiative which we are currently looking at but still it has not been implemented this is one of the areas which we are typically trying to figure out more from a diversity perspective right other other than that what we've also what we've also done is that uh, we we have tied up with various uh, specific organizations last year we we did a, uh, we did we uh, worked very closely with jobs for her specifically in terms of our diversity hiring initiative and uh, for some of our key roles where we wanted uh, gender diversity, we were able to hire people. So there has been a great amount of work which which has been put up by us in terms of this because as an organization, we feel if we have to grow and if we have to innovate and bring more changes or transition within our culture, it is important as an organization to have a good mix of diversity of the entire DEI for our overall growth.
1: Amazing. So, you know, any sort of piece of advice that you would like to give for the budding professionals that you know are about to enter the industry see
0: i would i would typically be tell my buddy or upcoming hr professionals is uh, be be honest and be transparent and and whatever they want to do just just do with their full heart right because there are no shortcuts and there are no half hearted attempts right and because if they if they really want to succeed in in an in an hr environment what is more important for them is to focus more on certain key values which includes empathy i think that's that's one of the key areas which any hr person should should carry and then they should follow their heart and be honest of what exactly they want to do or what exactly they want to profess very true So
1: now as we near the end of this podcast and we have entered... A new year, you know, 2023 comes up with a lot of opportunities, with a lot of things that, you know, changing for good after specifically after the past three years have been a little dicey and ups and downs have been there because of different reasons. So any so how do you think that the future of HR looks like? Like, is there any specific trend that you see coming or, you know, that have the potential to like take over the HR industry? It could be like technology or anything.
0: I think, uh, see, change, change is inevitable in every every industry, right? It can't be... Things can't be constant, right? And similarly, uh, is the situation with the with the HR. Uh, profession so uh, if, if you look at there has been a lot of changes or a lot of transition which has happened due to the advent of pandemic right where the focus was more in terms of a fixed working environment or a fixed working office culture which currently is moving into a more of a flexi environment and i think that's that's gonna be the future trend within within the entire industry landscape and i think another important trend which i am typically uh, seeing is more in terms of uh, employee experience and satisfaction because that's that's gonna be a key focus area in the in the upcoming and uh, in the upcoming years because the every every company wants to hire best talent and every company wants to retain the best talent and they could only do it by providing a great experience or a wow experience and that's gonna be one of the central approaches for the for the HR team and I think another important focus area which is which is gonna be is uh, HR professionals will focus more in terms of employee first rather than to company first I think these are the key changes or the key enablers which are going to be there in the in the upcoming areas yes definitely the uh, the technology transitions are definitely going to be there ai is always always around and HR professionals are currently using it. They are taking the, all the advantages of the AI or chatbots, And it still is going to be there because the, the, this AI or all of the new technology initiatives are going to provide them with a lot of data-driven initiatives or a lot of data-driven information and which will typically help the organization to take a lot of strategic decisions. Amazing. So that brings us to
1: the end of this, this podcast. It was amazing to interact with you. Some great piece of advice is and... I'm sure you keep up the good work that you've been doing all this while and we get to cross our paths again soon. So thank you.
0: Thanks, thanks, Achit, for uh, for this. And I really appreciate and uh, the good work which uh, Springboard is doing. So it's been uh, great uh, being part of this and it's been an honor being out here. Thank you. Thank you.